Hey guys, Justin Ledford here, and welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Amit Gagliani, who increases his net worth by revitalizing resorts and properties all across America. If you're a contractor and or an investor, you're definitely going to want to hear these investing strategies. This class is brought to you by federalconstructionuniversity.com, which is our course for contractors and entrepreneurs teaching exactly how to build wealth by completing highly profitable federal construction projects all over America. Or you can do them in your backyard if that's what you prefer. You'll be given unlimited access to all my programs, series, high-end mastermind calls, and classes. If you're a fan of completing highly profitable construction jobs, then you'll truly enjoy my program and the section that teaches how to find the best contractors all over America, as well as the section titled Federal Construction Secrets. If you're interested in going through a six-day free training, I'll drop the link below. I also have a brand new book titled Federal Construction Contracts Simplified that's over 80% off right now. I'm doing a crazy marketing experiment. The link will be below. Also, remember to hit that like and subscribe button. Now let's dive right into our interview with our guest. Welcome to the Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real construction owners and people within the industry doing big things to help you succeed. Today, we have a special guest, Amit Gaglani, one of the partners at AccountableEquity.com, which is a boutique private equity company that revitalizes old resorts. And you're definitely going to want to hear how this can benefit you. Stay tuned. What's up, Ahmed? How are you doing today, brother? Great to see you, Justin. Great to see you. And you you know what? There's so much to talk about when you're dealing with somebody who is a finance guru like yourself, who has (laughs) years of experience and and building a business, selling it, getting into syndications. But before we go into all that, I want to know, what is your story? What were you doing before you got into accountable accountable equity and syndications? And what were you yeah. doing then? Yeah, you know, it's great <laughs> how you introed me saying a finance expert. I'm here chuckling going, it's finance expert. So I actually went to school as a physical therapist. I opened a company, I ran a company, and I scaled it for close to 17 years. And then I actually got on the radar and people were offering to buy it. And I thought that was my 10X right there for me to be able to really scale myself. And I sold it to a private equity. When you sell it to a private equity, you sell a portion of the company. You don't sell the whole company, right? And then the idea is you work, you go to work in that company and we scaled it to a national level. We had offices from East Coast to West Coast. One of my jobs was to open up what we call de novo facilities, which are facilities across the country. And I did that as an armchair quarterback, talking to contractors, looking through on on like a camera on the phone. Okay, you know, what do the fit and fixtures look like and things like that? Is it up to scale to what we want? And that was one of my responsibilities of growing that entity. And we, like I said, we grew it to a national level, got on the map of another private equity, which is bigger than us. And then they bought the whole company out. And I was, that was my exit. Because I was doing this all along and I had no time to do my own real estate deals, I would actually invest in others, syndicated deals. And what I liked about it, you know, for you guys, I know they're really into construction and they know what they're doing, but some of us, you know, want to take a piece and give it to somebody else to manage. They they don't want to, you don't, you can only manage so much on your own, right? 
And if right. you know that you're getting a decent return and somebody else is doing all the work, that's your passive portfolio. And you're like, you know what? That's worth it because I'm over here hustling every single day. I don't want another thing to worry about. I don't want another thing to do. So you trust an operator and you put money into syndications. In my case, it was self-storage or it was multifamily or it was ATMs or it was other things that I was doing. But because I come from the medical world, I had a lot of physicians and surgeons and medical professionals that wanted to do what I was doing and they would just join in. Well, I ended up having like 67 of them and I was able to aggregate, you know, a million plus dollars every time I would invest. So then I'd go to these syndicators and just, you know, negotiate better rates for us all, negotiate better, what we call positions on the water flow, better terms and things like that. So I kind of did that over and over again to the point where some of the people that I knew that I was investing in really got to know me well and said, you know, you're good at doing this. You know, why don't you, now that you sold your company and you're completely out, why don't you join us on our like uh, leadership team and help us grow? You obviously grew a company, you know how to scale it, you know how to do these things. You understand deal making because you're in so many different deals. We'd love to have you on board. And that's how everything started with Accountable Equity. You know, I said finance expert because you are, I mean, you've been through so many deals. You've analyzed so many deals that you now have an expertise in it. And so I was saying it jokingly, but I also yeah. meant it. You know, when you do these deals, talk about uh, trusting in the jockey and yeah. not necessarily talk about that because we have contractors who yeah. are experts at what they do. They make good money, but they don't necessarily know how to invest. Some of them do, some of them don't. So shine some light to those contractors yeah. who, you know, want some more passive income, but don't want to take on another project, How, what would they do to get started? And what are your tips to them? So, so for them, it, it's actually even more critical because their mindset is control. They need to have control over everything they're doing, right? Because if you're a big contractor, you have a lot of things going on and you're putting a lot of energy and a lot of control in places to make sure what you're doing turns out right. When you're investing in somebody else's deal, you don't have that control. You're what's called an LP investor most of the time. When you, if you're just coming in, you don't have a general partnership. You're an LP investor, and you have to, like you said, trust in the jockey. Well, how do you trust in somebody you don't even know? Yes, you can look at the numbers, you can look at the returns, but a lot of it is just getting to know people and getting to know like who else has invested with you, how long you've been around, what's your track record, you know? And you know, quite honestly, you start off with a little bit of money. And you, you have to like get an understanding of who they are. In my case, what I did when I joined Accountable Equity before I joined, and just, as, just so all your listeners know, before I even joined them, I actually was an investor there. So I invested in them. And before I even willing to invest in them, I personally went to the property and kicked the tires around. Nobody knew I was an investor. I literally showed up at, at the resort. Somebody opened the door for me and said, you know, welcome home. And I thought it was the oddest thing in the world. Like these people don't know me. They don't know I'm a potential investor. And they're saying, welcome home. I walk into the lobby. I'm walking through the hallway. And another person approaches me and says, welcome home. That was the thing that got me. Okay. So as a person who's built a company, I understand. And it was built on customer service, even though it was physical therapy. I understand that setting up a culture is really hard and really important because you can have one rock star employee and that employee leaves and what everything falls apart. But if you can set a standard for a certain culture that is you can replicate again and again and again, you got something special when it comes to hospitality, when you're dealing with customers and dealing with things. You know, that's what I noticed over there. So I really got the understanding that they're doing something special. The numbers look good, but they know something that they can actually copy and replicate again and again. And that made me more, feel more comfortable with them. Then I followed them a little bit more. I asked, I talked to other investors. How long have you been with them? You know, what's been going on with them? So I got com comfortable and familiar with who they were. And as you said, the jockey. I put nice. some money in, got more comfort level, 
followed them more and more. And then I kept adding more money. And now I was in on every single deal that they've done and they stay true to their word. So I felt really comfortable with that. And that is really crucial when an investor is investing because numbers are pro forma numbers. Everybody knows a pro forma when it comes down to it is a best guess, right? If everything goes right, this is like the pro forma. But at the end of the day, if you're investing in the jockey, like you said, you trust their operational ability, you know, and you trust that. And, and, and not to go off on a tangent, but I will tell you that happened exactly here. One of our large properties and our signature property is Renault Winery in South Jersey, in Egg Harbor, New Jersey. Now, this place has a, a vineyard, has a winery, has a golf course, has a hotel, has multiple restaurants in it. Okay, Sounds like the Hamptons. Well, yeah, it, well, it is beautiful. And people say, wait, that's in New Jersey? What, that's in yeah. New Jersey? Yes, it is in New Jersey. So a guy named Louis Renault came over in 1855 and he went over to the United States to look for a certain type of soil because he wanted to make champagne. The only type of soil that he had with the right clay mixture happened to be in New Jersey. What are the chances in New Jersey? So that's where he found. Now, can I tell you, we are the only winery in the United States that's still allowed to make champagne. Nobody else in the United States is allowed to make champagne because he got grandfathered in. So, but here's the point. Our revenues mainly come from wedding sales, wedding sales and outdoor events. We probably do more weddings than anybody on the East Coast. But here's the thing. Guess what happened during COVID? Do weddings. You're not allowed to do weddings. Illegal for you to do a wedding. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're like, wait a second. Our revenue source is coming from weddings and you can't do weddings at the time. Now, I hadn't joined the team at the time. So I was an investor just following and watching what's happening. So what they decided to do during that time is because they have such an expansive property, they started doing all these outdoor events. They built an outdoor ice skating rink. They built an outdoor French market. They built an area where you can do outdoor events and concerts. They had fire pits out there. They had place. They had an outdoor beer garden. Well, guess what? You're allowed to do outdoor events. And we were the only place in the whole region or in that area that was able to capitalize on this. Atlantic City closed down. All those casinos were closed. They couldn't do anything. All those people were coming to our place during the weekend. We blew past our wedding performers without doing any wedding. So our projected revenue was, let's say, 10 million. We hit 20 million. You know, so it's because of the jockey. It's because of the team. If they don't have the flexibility to pivot when they need to pivot, wedding sales would have been nothing. Because if you just have a guy who's just in there just doing, oh, oh well, we're based on weddings. We can't do weddings. Well, is no, they looked at the opportunity and say, well, what else can we do? That's why what your statement was saying that it's the jockey that's important because the team itself has to have the ability to be able to navigate different water. Recession is coming. Everybody knows that they see the writing on the wall, but how well can the, how well can the team navigate that? At the Absolutely. End of the day? It's so important that in business that we have the ability to innovate and be flexible. And the story that you just shared was of a company doing just that. Instead of playing the woe is me mentality, they said, okay, let's list out things we can do to generate revenue. And that's why they are succeeding. So this is a syndication deal that's currently available to our listeners or so, is this already done? Yeah. So Accountable Equity owns a lot of different syndications. So we own a lot of different properties. Each property is a different syndication. I, I went over Renault as an example. We have another property that's Kent Manor. We have another property that is open right now because these were are closed, but we have one that's open right now that's called LBI National, CH4. LBI National is it's funny. You said that it's like the, the Hamptons of New Jersey. Now, LBI National is our golf course there, and they have wedding venues there. It's only 20 minutes away from our signature property, Renault, which, by the way, is sold out of weddings for the next two years. And we have strong wedding salespeople that are going to be selling at this other product. It's only 20 minutes down the road. But that has a hotel. You know, we can do a couple weddings there. And we can also, like, golf is crazier there. But that sits out of LBI. 
So LBI is considered the Hamptons of New Jersey. It's called Long Beach Island for sure, for long. But that sits in an area that anybody who, who's wealthy has a home down in LBI when they want to go golfing. We are the one that they would go golfing to. And we're sold out of golfing there, too. So, you know, we have a community that purposely lives there because they want it to golf. That's awesome. So every syndication I deal I've ever invested in because, you know, I, I make money in construction and then I don't have time to go buy the real estate and fix yeah. it up and pick pick the door and pick the window. I used to do that, but now I'm at a point in my life where I, I make the money and I tr I find a jockey. I find a jockey who has a track record of success and that there's good returns and I invest in it and I get passive income. And I also get an income when they sell or, but what, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is this isn't just um, real estate backed. It's backed by also a business that has its own performing success strategy, like how they're going to produce revenue, not just real estate and selling beds, but real estate and selling beds and they sell wine or they sell wedding venues yeah. or they sell golf. That's really interesting. Um, Many I, different levers in the hospitality business that people don't know about. What people don't know about, and it's unique to us, and I will say people know hospitality and say, oh, hospitality is getting killed. Hospitality is getting killed. And to a large degree, they're right, but they're not thinking about our type of hospitality. Think of it this end, way. High-end hospitality. It's not even high-end. It's actually not even high-end. What it is is when you think of hospitality, you think of people going on, let's say, a vacation. They go to the beach, and they're going to choose the best hotel possible for themselves, right? But what's driving them there? It's not the hotel. It's the beach. It's the location. On our end, we are creating the want and desire because we are holding these events. We are holding weddings. We are holding outdoor events. That's drawing the crowd to us as opposed to a beach destination. So if the beach is not great or something happens in that locale, guess what? Nobody's going to that hotel. Nobody goes to the hotel because they want to go to the hotel. They go there because they want to explore the beach or whatever venue. But for us, our venues are what drives people to us. So we have that control. So if you're looking at it from a business perspective, we have that control. Once we have them on site, we have many levers on site that we can actually control to increase our revenue. Room rates, we have flexibility with controlling the room rates. We have flexibility controlling the membership for golf, wine memberships. When we have weddings that come and we have bridal parties and things, they want to do something when they're on property. They want to have a wine club. They want to have a wine tasting event. They want to go to one of our cafes and have a cake decorating or do something different. These are all added revenue sources that happen. That is not the typical thing that happens in a resort. They are dependent on the location. We are not. We are actually creating the want and desire that pulls them into us. Nice. You sound like a real smart dude. I like that. <laughs> and I'm, cur I'm curious, you know, based because our audience, they're, they're contractors. Some of them aren't as sophisticated. I'll be the first to admit, but we work hard. We make good money yeah. and we want something to do with it. And before we get into that, I want to ask you a personal question about business, because people come to this podcast to learn best processes, how to build a better culture. And with those two things I just mentioned, what were some processes that your company's currently doing that you feel you're most proud of, or in, whether it be in building culture or yeah. a process that helps your business streamline and automate? Okay, so a, a couple of things. Culture is not just seen from the outside in by other people and they get a feeling. That's one thing about culture. But culture also helps to keep people. Now, I was in an industry where people are trying to steal from you all the time. Like I'm talking about stealing employees because there's just not enough, let's say, physical therapists. So developing a good, strong culture 
that, that people are bound together because they understand and they feel taken care of, not only financially, but they feel like somebody's listening to them. So an important thing is to have weekly meetings. And it's e not easy for a contractor to do that because people are all over the place. But if they can take their core group and meet with them and say, listen, this is the project, what's going on this week. This is what we're trying to do. This is, you know, the, the, the ideas and the things that we want to get done. You know, at the end of the day, everybody has a customer. They're serving some public. So they need to know who is their, their public and what are those desires of their public. And if they get together on a weekly basis to make sure that they're hitting those nails on those heads to make sure that they are hitting, you know, the things that that public needs, then they're always going to be at the forefront. They're going to be the chosen contractor all the time because they're, they know how to relate to the end user, the customer. So I think nice. that is very important. And that, I'm I think, in your guys' industry is probably overseen, right? It's, it's like, just get it done, just get it done, just get it done. You know, we, we have a job to do. Everybody's kind of waiting. But it also improves your, your level of communication with the end user, the customer. Right. And, you know, with that being said, there's different people listening in. There's people doing one to three million, three to 10 million, 10 yeah. to 30 million. And in every business, you have to have key players. You have to have us. Yeah. Well, in construction, you have to have service. You have to have operations. You have to have recruiting. And with that being said, what would you say is like, what would you say is an important role if, if a contractor is listening in and they want to grow their business based from an outside perspective, because you're coming in here yeah. from an outside perspective, what would you say, okay, they're at, you know, less than 10 million. What do they need to do to get to the next level? And what nugget could you share with them? Yeah. So in my company, I would break down different things in my uh, organization under different divisions. There was sales, there was PR, there was, you know, production then because each one of them has a different what we call a valuable final product. Each one, let's say the the actual um, uh, the people actually doing the work, they're, they're responsible for doing something. You know, then there's communication that happens with the customer. You know, that's, let's say, public relations. Each one has something that they're doing. So if they're looking to scale, they're looking at all these different things and trying to break each one down and saying, you know, who's responsible for what things and trying to attack each one of those things and communicating properly. But the number one thing that I had issues with was always hiring because that was there was always a lack. So we just developed a term called, you know, always be hiring no matter what, even if we're not literally looking for somebody, just interview interview, get to know great people and say, you know what, I don't have something for you right in this minute, but we'll have something for you soon. Is that okay if we get back in touch with you? So you have literally a Rolodex of people that you can call at a moment's notice and say, do you want the job right now? If somebody who's key leaves, if somebody's key who leaves, who walks out on you because of a life circumstance, you don't want to be the, the negative you know, uh, effect of that. So you don't want to be the effect. You want to be the cause over everything. So the only way yeah. to stay cause over everything is kind of have contingencies built in and always be hiring is one of those contingencies. Don't wait until you need somebody. Always be interviewing, you know, set yourself up to have one or two interviews a week. So you always have people. What it also does, by the way, is it takes those staff members and those employees and they say, oh, he's he's hiring. Why, why is he hiring? You know, am I not doing a good enough job? Maybe I should make sure I'm, I'm paying attention, you know? I love that. As a contractor, we have to see ourselves as a recruiting agency that right. does construction, not just a contractor, but as a business owner who's always recruiting. I love that rule, always be recruiting. So let's talk about an expensive mistake that you have experienced in life, whether it's construction or in your business or in personal. 
people love drama and I want to hear a story. Yeah. What you got, what you got. So, you know, and I, and I think your, your contractors who are smaller, who are scaling will probably get the most out of this. The larger ones will probably know, know exactly what I'm saying. So when you're scaling your company and things are moving very quick, you have to trust other people to do other things, right? Cause you cannot be on top of everything. You cannot do everything you're trying to, but it's just not possible. And some of the key mistakes that I made is, you know, when I was really, you know, my physical therapy was was um, growing rapidly, I had certain people doing certain jobs, and there was theft. And I wasn't aware of it until later, when I looked and checked in the books that people were taking small amounts of money and stealing from me, you know, we had cash operations, we had things that people are responsible for different things. And there was, you know, leakage, you know, had I been more on top of it, or put like these, you know, security measures in place, that probably wouldn't have happened. But unfortunately, the takeaway rule is, you know, while you're growing and you're going through all these things, you still need to monitor your books a little bit. You need to have some stop gaps that somebody or other staff members should know that you're going to be checking up on stuff. So that was that was heartbreaking later because you're working so hard to make money. And then later you realize that somebody just took from you, you know, wow. and, and, and it was over long periods of time. So, you know, just mind your P's and Q's. That's one thing. Yeah. You had So the lesson is get a controller, somebody to oversee the finances or have certain uh you know, stops in place to make yeah. sure that nobody's. I, I was trying to keep my margins really high by trying to do as much as I possibly could, and then just relinquishing some responsibilities to key key staff members. But there was not a lot of controls in place during that period of time of growth. I'm sure you've read Who Not How. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the thing, uh, contractors. If you're listening in, listen or read or listen to Who Not How. He just nailed it on the head. We, we always wanted to be the how, how are we going to do it? But we need to find the who, who's yeah. going to do it. And then set up KPIs and set up time, some type of protection to make sure they're getting it done. So what's a book that you've read that has you've really enjoyed or listened to that you could re share with our audience? So I, I like the, 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 the references from Good to Great from Jim Collins. You know, you, you learn from what other companies have done so successfully. And then you sometimes learn from mistakes, too. But we took some great, great things from there. I, I think there was the 20-mile march that was a, a story in, in there of how somebody who was, was up to the North Pole, like two teams set out. One made, made plans, and they're going to only do 20 miles a day no matter how great they feel. There was another team that said, okay, we're just going to go at it. And they did 60 miles in one day and 10 miles a different day. But, the, but the, the team that won was the one who did the 20-mile march every single day, whether the weather was good or the weather was bad. They made sure that they just did 20 every single day, and they had provisions. They had everything there, and sadly, the other team you know, didn't, and they lost. But there's other things in that book, too. They talk about this thing called the, um, the, the flywheel. And that's a concept that we take, you know, inside of our company, you know, it's perpetual motion. You Once you get the motion started and you hit these key areas, you just, it goes faster and faster and faster. So fig if people figure out what their flywheel is, then they have a good starting point and then they go from one step to the next step to the next step, next step, and then they go faster and faster in that flywheel. Gosh, so many nuggets, so many bombs you're dropping over here. So let's talk about what you're working on, what kind yeah. of deals you have available and how are contractors who, you know, like what you're saying, they can tell you're a smart guy and maybe they have some extra funds available. What, what kind of deals you got available right now? 
Well, I'll tell you a couple things because, you know, contractors and especially good contractors, we're always looking to build relationships because like you said in the beginning, we're a boutique private equity. What have we done in the past? We've revitalized some some historic, um, you know, properties, you know, but that's not the only thing that we look at. You know, we are developing, you know, stronger and stronger relationships because we feel like there's a lot of opportunities coming with the recessionary period. There's a lot of opportunities for us to buy things at a deep, deep discount. So we want to partner and do JV projects with really good people. We are looking at, you know, people who are land developers. We're looking at construction companies and we'll joint venture with them for multifamily, for other things, because we have these opportunities even on our properties because our properties are pretty expansive. So in one of the properties, LBI National, which is open right now, and I'll go into a little bit more detail, we have a plot of land that's already zoned for multifamily there. And we didn't even put that into our pro forma. So, you know, that's not something we would just take down by ourselves. We'd probably joint venture with somebody that we know, like, and trust. So it's good to start developing relationships. So, you know, when we go over that stuff uh, and we go over uh, what my email is, they can reach out to me and I'd love to start developing relationships. But our current open funds are that LBI National. Now, that's an equity class fund. Our equity class funds are basically people who are saying, you know what, I want to put money in. I want to get returns, but I want to plant the seed for the future. And here's how that works. You know, it details on what LBI National is and things like that and why we feel so strongly about it because, um, A, it's driving distance from our major property, Renault, 20 minutes, and we have such strong wedding sales, we can't even do any more weddings there. We're already sold out. So they're going to be shifting them over here into a beautiful property. Uh, but that deal is you put a certain amount of money in, you're going to get a PREF. You're going to preferred rate of interest on a yearly basis that you're just making. There's some depreciation, and I know your construction guys know depreciation, okay? If they know real estate, they know depreciation, which is going to offset some of their income, okay? The other great thing is when we refinance the property, they get all their money back. So whatever money they put in, they're getting back in their hand. They've already gotten their PREF payments all the way through. At that point, in most other companies' deals, they're completely out. They have no skin in the game. They're out. They got their money back. Now they got to go find another deal. But in ours, they have no skin in the game. And they're still in the deal. We will continue to give them distributions. Perpetual income is, is our model when it comes to the equity class. Now, I will be honest with you guys, that one is going to be closing very soon because it, it, it you know, we're, we're reaching the end of how much money we needed for that one. The other one that we have open is the CDF. And for those that can see it behind me, uh, the CDF is we term it as, you know, our investors are the bank. Now, your construction guys will definitely appreciate this one, okay, because and how beneficial this is to a lot of people. So the CDF is called the Collateralized Debt Fund. So this is a debt instrument, okay? So what that means is it's a lending fund. People who are investing in the CDF, they become the lender. We are lending this money to our properties, our accountable equity companies and our sister companies. So for example... Uh, our first intent use is our, our Kent Manor property, where we have institutional funds and we also have hard money lending. Okay. I'm sure everybody's familiar with hard money lending, but because yeah. hard money lending is a lender and they're a creditor, they sit on top of what we call the capital stack, meaning their money is a creditor. So they sit very high on any repayment stuff. All right. So we are going to take out our hard money lenders and we're going to use the CDF funds to actually pay there. OK, so we're going to remove hard money lending and we're going to use the CDF money. So what does that mean for the investors? Now, they become mezzanine debt level, which means from a waterfall perspective on who gets paid first, they get paid before accountable equity gets paid. They get paid before any investors even get paid because they're considered a creditor. So it's a very stable position from a risk standpoint. And 
We've been paying hard money lenders between, let's say, 12 and 14 percent. We've been paying it all this time because we are our, our, our properties are cash rich. We have like cash generating machines, like I was saying to you. So we've been easily be able to service the 12 to 14. But by replacing it with the CDF money, we're giving our investors anywhere from 6 percent to 10 percent. So think of it this way. What bank account do you know of that you can get 6 to 10% if you put your CD in, if money into? You can't, right? So if right, somebody's right. coming in as low as $10,000, they're going to get 6%. The people who are putting all the way up to $750,000, they're going to get 10%. And then there's all, all in between. But giving that 6 to 10% is such a cost savings compared to 12 to 14%, right, for the property. And guess who benefits? The CDF investors benefit because they're getting stable cash flow. We're going to be paying them on a monthly basis distributions okay monthly cash flow all right the property itself all of a sudden now becomes way more profitable because we're not paying 12 to 14 percent anymore we're paying six to ten percent so now the lp investors on that property property love it because now their property is worth more money and their property is making more money so it helps the cdf investors they're getting stable cash flow it helps the lp investors because now they're more profitable it helps our company because we now are lending to our own uh uh, own funds. And it actually comes back to our main thing for us as a company is we want to make sure the investor community grows and benefits because I'm an investor too. Me and the whole leadership team, we're all investors here before we actually join. So it helps the whole profile, helps everybody out. The be beautiful thing about the CDF is they're going to be getting monthly distributions in high yield based on what I said. Okay. They're going to get liquidity. Now, that is the thing that you never hear of, okay? If you ask any multifamily guy, well, do I have liquidity? They're like, no, we need your money to build, so we can't give you your money. But in this fund, we built in liquidity. So if somebody's like, well, I need to get some money back, I need to get my money back, it's like a bank account. They'll be able to take their money out. There's certain stop gaps, don't get me wrong, but they have the ability to pull their money out if they need to. And as a special bonus, what we've done for our investors who are investing in the CDF, we said, look, if you put your money in here, okay, we would want your money in here. Let's say um, $100,000 gives 8% annually, okay? You know, we kind of calculated that we're going to be able to give that 8% no problem. We'd like them to hold their money here at least three years so we can do something with it, right? If somebody's like, after two years, I need to pull my money out. Well, we actually can't give that 8% because it, it costs us then. We can give that, we're only going to knock it down by 1%, 7%. So, you know, instead of 8%, they're getting 7%. If after the first year, they need to pull money out, because they're taking it out so much earlier, we would knock it down additional 1%. So it's 6%. Either way, you're than, way better, better than any deal you can exactly. find the, in the banks. That's exactly the point. But here's, here's the beauty. Plus if you get like, monthly cash flow, plus you get depreciation benefits. No, not on this one. Not on the CDF. Okay. There's no depreciation. Okay. It's just simple interest that you're paying. You're getting. Okay. Okay. The equity okay. one, you get depreciation. This one we can't because it's a it's a debt fund. It's a lending fund. But right. um, but he, here's the thing: if somebody puts money in the CDF and after a year they said, "Oh, you know what? You guys just bought a beautiful resort. I want to move into the equity class. Can I take my money out of the CDF and move it over to there?" There's, we will not penalize them at all. No 1%, no 2% will get withdrawn. We'll give them the full percent of what they thought they were getting when they came in, the 8% of 100,000, and they get to move their money over into an equity class and own perpetual income for that one. So it's almost like Man. a bonus for thank you for investing with us. You know, Thank you for your trust. You know, We want to give this back to you. Yeah, so the, the whole idea is you, you want people, you want to earn their trust. You want to keep them as happy investors by continuing, you know, 
success, financial success to where yes. when that one's done, they have the opportunity to open, you know, open it up to another one. That's, that's, that's how you keep exactly your- it. We just Perfect. want to make them satisfied and happy that they want to bring in other investors and share this kind of community. It allows us to put ourselves in a position to be the number one, you know, wedding resort company in the country and to be allow our investors to profit from it as well and allow us to scale. And by the way, we don't have a sale model. So it's not like they're ever out of the deal, you know, and they're a perpetual one. We, we keep them in. But let's be honest, if somebody comes with a billion dollars and somebody's going to hand you a billion dollars, everybody considers a sale. But it's just we're not built for, you know, we, we didn't pro forma. A, what is a sale going to look like? Because, you know, we're owner operators and we control it. Here's the other thing. We also control the assets in the sense that we are the hospitality wing. We don't have a third party that we buy the resort and get a third party and hire them to do the hospitality. We have a company inside of us called Viva May, which controls the hospitality. So we have more control over it which is nice. even stronger and better. I love this. So listen, contractors, if you are looking to be around people like this and you don't have a mastermind you're a part of, check out GoBundance. Uh, just mentioned Justin referred you. That's how I met Amit. And that's how that's I met right. so many other incredible dudes doing big things. And that's how not only for him, but for the people within this group, we've increased our net worth. We've become healthier. We've become happier because we surround ourselves with like-minded warriors. And on it, if, if a contractor is like, you know what, I have what it takes, I can be considered a JV or I do ex exceptional quality work and I wanna reach out to Amit, how can they reach out to you? What's the best way? Yeah. So A, I would encourage everyone just to check out our website at accountableequity.com. Um, and so they get to know what we've done in the projects that we, we've done. So they kind of get an idea and a feel for what we are. And then me personally, A, Gaglani. So it's A-G-A-G-L-A-N-I at accountableequity.com. So I, I don't know if you have show notes or anything like that, that they can actually see it spelled out, but that'll, that'll yeah. help them too. And your so, name, yeah. I, it actually shows your name and how it's spelled Perfect. right there on the screen too. Yeah. This, is, this has been a blast. Ahmed, thank you so much for joining the Real Construction Owners Podcast. Today, we discussed how he built a healthcare business and took it national and sold it through private equity. We just talked about all the syndication deals he's done. We talked about accountable equity and how they're a the number one boutique resort equity company that revitalized Olds Resorts and how you can get involved and build financial success with your life. So with that being said, thanks so much, Amit. Have a good day, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe and drop a comment below. Just so you know, I have a free six-day training teaching you how to win highly profitable government construction contracts. Just go to federalconstructionuniversity.com forward slash free training or click the link below. Also, in the comments, you'll see a link from my brand new book that I spent over two years writing called Federal Construction Contract Simplified. The link will be below. You'll be given all the strategies to grow your construction company efficiently into an eight-figure business, as well as the shortcuts to increase your profits and revenue by winning government construction contracts immediately. In this training, you'll get peace of mind by being able to follow a proven roadmap. So if that interests you, just click the link in the description below or go to federalconstructionuniversity.com forward slash free training or find the link for my brand new book in the comments below. Thank you.